Welcome to this episode, everyone. We have my good friend, Danielle. Uh, and on today's episode, we talk about living a life of intention, letting go of relationships, and building the life that you love. And uh, there's been a lot of interesting conversations the two of us have had about this, and this is included in that. I think you're going to love what we have here for you. So let's dive in and hear what she has to say. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of the Guyao Now Show. I am, of course, your host, Bob McIntosh. And today I'm joined by my good friend, Danielle. And the two of us have known each other for a number of years. I don't know exactly how long. Um, after a certain point in time, years just become in the past some point there. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we met at uh, several live events and then just connected and have been good friends since then. She lives not too far from where I grew up, although not where I live now, just on the other side of, of a border. But uh, also, she was one of the very first people when I decided to start doing and executing digital marketing. Um, she's one of, one of my very first clients. I helped her come out, came out to Toronto area and uh, helped her build out a funnel and a bunch of other things. But with all of that said, uh, the reason that I wanted to invite her on here is that I know and have watched from where she started to where she is today, the growth in her mindset and how she operates and how she thinks. Um, I've watched her overcome a bunch of adversity, a lot of interesting conversations, especially when we were up in Toronto and I got to know her at a much deeper level than just, you know, through events. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's someone that I, I feel like the whole point of the show, again, is to help each of you find your own reason for getting out of your own way. And the best way that I found to do that is sharing examples of others who've done that, who've experienced it, because all of us have different situations, experiences, stories, etc. And sometimes that one little thing that you hear from someone can really just change what it is. And so without any further ado, I will, uh, I don't want to steal any more of her thunder. I'll let her introduce herself. So Danielle, thanks for being on. I appreciate having you here. Hey, Bob, I am so stoked to be here. Thanks for having me on. Woo, woo, go Bob. <laughs> Yeah, years. You're right. It's been years, uh, my friend. I can tell you the year we met. Um, it would have been in 2013. And uh, oh, okay. since then, because that's when I had joined the group where we met um, in those circles. And so it was 2013 um, when we met. I know since then we've uh, learned together. We've networked together. We've drank together, partied <laughs> together, cried together. Um, and yeah, gone through, gone through relationships together, such as life. And I think one of the biggest takeaways, um, for your listeners really is that as you move along your journey, life always happens and we need to balance that. So I appreciate you inviting me to your show, um, to share my story. Hopefully someone out there can, uh, I can validate that what you're going through is just part of the journey and maybe, uh, there's a nugget or two and help you through it. Hundred percent. It's always part of the journey. That's the best. That's the best part is that our journey stays with us as long as we get to learn from it and go from it. So, for those who don't know anything about you, which is going to be some people, some people actually might know you. Um, tell us a little bit about you know your background, you know where you got started and where you're at today, so that we can dive into some of the more details. Yeah. So I'm Canadian. Um, so I appreciate you bringing me onto your show. I am Canadian. I grew up in Eastern Canada, which is uh, for those of you that are in the states. Uh, I just live across the border. I just grew up across the border of Maine. So um, I have very humble backgrounds. Uh, you know, my grandfather worked in a fish plant. My grandmother worked in a fish processing plant. Um, I, I was raised by my grandmother. And so very humble backgrounds. The big city was something you only seen on TV. 
Uh, fast forward to my life, I partied my 20s, lived in the service industry, <laughs> and then settled down at the end of my 20s. I'm a mother now with three children, um, lived the domesticate, domesticated life um, for a few years as I was building with, my with family. With a sprinkle of party here and there. Well, <laughs> yeah, every time I saw Bob, there was that red ginger sprinkle of party there. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then, you know, and then I really buckled down and took, uh, it took a turn in my career. So my, um, the father of my children is a, um, he's a contractor. And so I did work in his business. So I did have construction background. Uh, helping him run his business and also just in the management of construction. And then, um, so I decided to go into real estate and use my passion for real estate, which I've always been passionate about and curious about as most people are and paired that up with the construction and decided to start flipping houses and pivoted my business at the beginning of COVID into acquisitions only for multifamily units. And now I've been doing that um and further pivoting to giving back and so now i'm creating um, i'm actually uh just about done my manuscript for a book and going to be um, launching my courses online and giving back and hopefully helping others on their journeys but there's been a lot of challenges along the way bob as you know for sure for sure um well for, first and foremost i'm excited for your book i know you mentioned uh that you were in process so uh, uh excited for that because look i think anyone anyone and everyone has the opportunity to share what they, what they've learned in their journey. Cause we all have something, especially in the form of a book. There's just something satisfying about having that specific piece of it. So I'm excited for that to come out and we'll, we'll dive into that. I think here in a little bit, but um, so I know a lot of the listeners on here are, you know, in or from, or have at least worked in the real estate background or have a pretty, pretty good idea of it. Um, so I actually want to ask you something cause I didn't actually know about the, you know, transitioning into acquisition of multifamily only. Um, so I, I'd love to know more about that, but specifically within that, what was the mindset shift to go from flipping and a construction background into acquisition of multifamily? Because to me, I feel like they're very, very different in terms of almost everything. And even though a lot of the components might be the same, it's still real estate at the end of the day, right? For most everyone that does real estate, um, they, they eventually begin to transition towards multifamily because it just makes more sense, but it can seem very overwhelming or daunting to a lot of folks. So, you know, what, what for you was like, you know, that transition like, and, and how did you overcome that? And just share more about that. So I think, I think like, if you look back into, like, if you have been in real estate for a while and you've gotten to know some, some flippers, some people that do, residential rehabilitation redevelopment on properties and you look back typically they're 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 not a long term like they, they just haven't been flipping for a long time they'll either have done it in the past and moved on or they're just starting and they're doing flipping so one of the things is flipping is an income generating activity it's not going to create wealth and so when i was coached in the early on of my career i was always told you know for every four or five houses you flip put one in your um, put one in your portfolio. And I followed that. But then as I was putting them in my portfolio, and then I was realizing the benefits of having properties in my portfolio, and how much I don't want to say easier, because they're not necessarily easier, but um, less hands on I need it to be in order to generate that income, and more generational wealth, like more long term wealth. Um, it was getting painful spending all of the time, the effort on the front end, just to realize a set number and then kiss it goodbye. Like it was just really hard to do that. 
And at the time when I decided to go into flipping, I needed income. Uh, we always need income, but at the end of the day, I put enough in my portfolio that I was able to start transitioning out. And so having done that, uh, one of the reasons why I decided wasn't, wasn't just because like I put a whole bunch of systems in place in my, in, in my business in order to scale. And when I got to the fork of scaling, I didn't want to scale. And then COVID happened for us here in the Toronto area. COVID happened, you know, like everyone else, the end of March of 2020. And uh, what had happened that last week of March of 2020, they shut down construction and that shutdown lasted for seven weeks. We didn't know how long it was going to go on for. And my permits, my jobs, they all came to a grinding halt. And prior to that happening, I burned out and I had taken a step away and then, and I wasn't producing at my peak and I wasn't, I just wasn't in the right mindset. Um, I wasn't loving what I was doing. I wasn't finding fulfillment. I was going to networking events and I just couldn't even handle having a conversation with people. And I didn't really truly understand what was happening until, until I really had time to take a step back and slow down because by force, it wasn't by choice, right? Because when you're forced with getting a project done, you just grind through it and you do it. But when you're not functioning, you just keep grinding. You don't, I think one of the biggest mistakes is people don't take the time to go, wait a minute, there's something here that I need to take a pause and explore and find out what's happening. And I didn't do that. But COVID happening forced me to do that. And so I realized that I needed to either hire a project manager to scale because I had all the systems in place. I had the network, I had leads coming in and I had everything going on. I had the funds, I had the deals and I had the guys to do the work. Um, and I had to just puppeteer all of that. But for me to be able to really scale, I need to hire a project manager so that I keep putting the deals together and the project manager could do the projects. Um, so I took a step back and I, I just realized I didn't want to own a job. Ultimately, yes, I would be a business owner. Yes, I would be, you know, in control of my own life. If I wanted time off. Um, but at the end of the day, I just would own a job essentially because it wouldn't work unless I'm there. And I wasn't ready or willing to um, give the power to a project manager over my projects because I just found it was, I was uncomfortable with the amount of liability that I would be passing off to somebody else. And so I knew for myself, I would be micromanaging them. And what's the point of hiring a project manager if you're just gonna be on top of them all the time. And so right. that, that was really the deciding factor for me. I'm like, okay, I think I've got everything that I need in place in order to fulfill what was my ultimate uh, goal when I first got into flipping, which was to learn the business, learn construction, learn my numbers, learn my market, and be in the entry level point of, you know, I was buying starter homes that were in distress. And so that way, if, you know, whatever mistakes, mistakes or learning lessons that I made it would be done on a smaller scale. I always knew that I would end up going into multifamily, which again, bigger numbers, bigger scale, or luxury flips. And so one or the other I would do. Um, and I, I just realized I knew that, that it was time. It was long overdue, to be honest. And okay. uh, I think I had just put it off. So, but COVID forced me into really exploring what I should do. And it gave me seven weeks of rest that I needed. <laughs> so that was the benefit to that as well. <laughs> I totally hear that. So I want to I want to talk about something. And by the way, for, for those of you listening or watching this, if you're like, well, Bob, I'm not in real estate, so this doesn't apply to me. I want you to stop and think about where does it apply? Because the lessons, albeit in the space of real estate in this particular conversation, 
are applicable, whether you're in an e-commerce store, whether you're running a physical business, whether you're doing anything, it really doesn't matter if you're just an influencer, all of it's the same, the, the underlying issues here that she found in herself and realized and said, okay, how do I work on these? Um, we all face those regardless of the business we're in. So um, again, even if you're not in real estate, tune in and say, ask yourselves these questions. So something that I want to ask you about is you said, you know, hey, like, I know that if I'm going to get a project manager, you weren't ready to, to basically let that go and, you know, sort of have that that vulnerability of, hey, I'm going to leave this hands off. Uh, I'm curious, was that something that like as you were like looking to hire, you evaluated that situation? Was it something that like you just knew? Like, was it like did you have a bad experience with someone and then that burns you on the idea of it? I'm curious to know more about that. Yeah, so I think I was jaded a little bit because I saw construction from, you know, from John's business. And so um, I saw how guys would cut corners when they weren't managed, when they weren't watched, uh, when they mm. would say they showed up at work when they didn't. If uh, they ordered the wrong material, they'd put it down anyway. And so like, I just wasn't ready to take on, to, to allow somebody else to have that liability. One, it's my brand, my name. Uh, two, I was always, always like when I was flipping a house, if I saw anything that was a safety issue, I'd always correct it. And I know, and I, this is not to scare people out there, but this is the reality of it. Once you cover things up with drywall, you don't know what's behind the walls. And I know there's a lot of contractors out there that will cover things and not do them properly. And right. so I didn't want that on my properties. And so I wanted to be able to sleep at night and it, you know, did it take against the bottom line? Yes, it did. Like it would take money out of my pocket to do things right. And I was okay with that, but there's a lot of people that aren't and, you know, extra time, extra money. And if I hired a project manager and he just wanted to get the job done so he could look good. So he got it done on, on the timeline within budget, but then, you know, the end buyer would end up with a house that's potentially structurally compromised. I'm not okay with that. And I didn't want to, in order for me to be sure that things are getting done right, I would have to go to the properties, you know, every couple of days, what I was already doing. So what's the point of hiring a project manager if I'm already doing that? And right. so, you know, so I just, I, I really looked at it. And honestly, like my end game was always to kind of build wealth in real estate, not income. And so, um, like I said, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I, I'm okay with income when I, when I changed my business model I wasn't going to be making the same income so I have cut back you have to live within your means so I did take a sacrifice and sometimes you got to take a step back before you can move forward and you know kind of explode again and that's essentially what I did so I mean I cut back there was you know a long time and it was during COVID so it was like the perfect time because there was no dining out there was no traveling there was no like extra stuff so all of that like literally nothing was happening <laughs> right i couldn't even get my hair done so you know like i couldn't even get a haircut so all of those extra expenses really helped the fact that i couldn't even do them and i didn't have to like i haven't shared this with anybody but like i didn't even just knowing that like i didn't have to worry about going out and somebody saying, Oh, what's, what's going on with Danielle? Like her hair's not done or her nails aren't done. Like what the heck, you know? And if I did go out, everybody knew it's just because it's COVID you can't get it done anyway. So I didn't have to answer any questions, but truly like there was no income coming in for me when I made that shift, I, I buttoned up the two properties that I, that I was legitimately working on at that time. They were both duplex conversions that I was keeping. So even then I didn't have, I made that decision knowing there was no paycheck coming. 
And I right. had two properties in the pipeline. I offloaded those for um, small profits. I made sure that there was enough money in for the buyers, the you know the the, the investors that ended up taking them. And uh, yeah, and then ultimately it was like, okay, now you know there was a fire lit up under me to make this work. So, uh, and and that's when the transition happened. Like after I had I was done those two projects, like okay, I need to make this work. So I just I I onboarded two partners. Um, and then hit the ground running. And we did a whole bunch of acquisitions in the first two quarters of 2021, uh, stabilizing those. Now we did hit the pause button because I essentially threw out all my systems and everything I had in place um, with my first, my flipping business and had to redo everything plus like on a virtual level. So that's been a huge learning curve for me is to do everything virtually and work with partners. That's another learning curve and then do everything remotely because now like all of our systems are online my bookkeeper that used to come to my house once every two weeks is now in Ottawa which is a five-hour drive from where I am so switch bookkeepers uh, we just changed the whole system completely um, to be virtual which by the way I don't mind because now if I want to go to LA and hang out with you for a month I can do that <laughs> um, you know because I can work virtually now I mean so that's, I mean, everything happens. Everything's good. It's scary when you go through the process, but you got to make sure that, you know, whatever you're doing, when you're, when you're being fluid and pivoting in your business, it has to align with your goals and where you ultimately want to end up. And, you know, creating passive income through rental income is ultimately the whole purpose of doing the buying holds, the acquisition. So there's two parts of it. The cash flow creates disposable income. And then the equity appreciation that the asset itself is my long-term wealth um, that I'm going to be adding like every, every day, every month, every year uh, in my sleep, as the assets appreciate, my net worth is appreciating without any effort. And I'm creating some disposable income through that cash flow. So, you know, I, I learned a lot in the five years or well, seven years of flipping that I did. Um, I say five because I took, as you know, Bob, I mean, you just kept running into me everywhere because all <laughs> I did for the first two years is, is just absorb and learn and learn and learn. I invested in my number one asset for the first two years. And that was me. Um, and then I started applying for five, five years flipping. So the first seven years, I really gained all the knowledge and everything that I needed um, and got those puzzle pieces together in order to make it fit so that I could do what I'm doing today. Perfect. Perfect. Now I know kind of before we talked about, uh, before we started this podcast, you'd mentioned that you changed your network and that really had a huge shift for you. So tell mm. me more about, about what prompted that decision. Um, you know, was it a conscious decision or did it just kind of happen? And then you look back and see the results or, um, share more about what happened with that. Yeah, I will say this. I think, um, it was happening. I live my life with more intention now than I used to. And I think that was a big thing. So, you know, for those, for those listeners that are out there, if you want to really make an impact on your life, live it with intention. So I, I have a, a new, I heard this, I can't remember where I heard this from. Um, I'm sure you've heard this too, uh, Bob, but live your life by design, not by default. And so I kind of, that's what I anchored to. And that's how I find living with intention. Like that's, that that helps me live with intention. So everything I do is very intentional. But prior to me, hang on, I want to I want to dive just a little bit deeper into that. So what does that mean for you? So live like, I understand the phrasing, but for you specifically, what is living your life with intention look like? Just so that if uh, someone's like thinking to themselves, because I imagine that there's going to be someone listening to this going, okay, that sounds good. But 
what is what is my intention? Maybe they don't know. So having an example to frame it might help them, you know, create their own. That is 100% uh, a great question because you're right. There's a lot of things that people say and they don't elaborate on it. So I apologize for that. Let, let me dive into that for you and your listeners a little bit. That's, that's so Canadian. With, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry that I said, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, living your life with intention means that there's a reason behind everything that you do. You're not just doing things. You're not just letting life happen to you. You're making life, you're making life happen to you and you're choosing to live rather than just existing. And so when you know where you're going, it's easy to make decisions in your life because you have a vision of, of what the end game is, or, and it's not the end game, it, but like where the next checkpoint is of your life. And so when you have direction, it's easy to step on the pedal and drive. Right. And so for me, living with, uh, living with intention means everything I do has a purpose behind it. So, you know, for example, being here on this podcast, my intention is to help people. I want to give back. And so I, you know, I have my own podcast. I'm writing the book. I'm doing all of that because I am very grateful for all of the help that I had available to me when I was going through my journey. So my intent is to help others. And the other intent behind that is that I have people that reach out to me after these podcasts and they say, holy smokes, like what you said resonated to help me. And that, that gives me a sense of purpose and it makes me feel really good about myself. So there is a bit of a selfish component there too, because I get fed a little bit and, and it gives me like, it, it just makes me feel good. And so the intent of doing this is to give back and to feel good about it. So um, everything I do is, it has an intent, an intention behind it. And I think when I was flipping, you know, the intention was disposable income, but it wasn't enough for me to really feel good about myself, it just felt empty. So like nobody, I don't, I don't care what anybody says, but I shouldn't say there are some people that are driven by money, but that is not going to make you feel good about yourself. And it's not going to give you a deeper sense of purpose. So there has to be a little bit more behind that. Right. And so that's kind of what happened with me with flipping. So now, anytime I do anything, there's an intention behind it. What is it going to bring me? And is it going to serve others? Like it's got to be a win-win. And so that's really what I, what I look for. Like if I go to, if I go to a networking event, what is my intention? What am I going to bring out of that? Is there something that my business needs that I'm going to this event that I'm going to take an hour to drive there, two hours there, maybe another half an hour networking, another hour drive back. Like that's a whole evening of my life. What is the intent behind that? I'm not just going to show up anymore. I'm going there with a purpose. And when I fulfill that purpose, it makes me feel good because I feel like I've done an accomplishment. And so that's living life with intent. When I'm moving, I'm not just going to move because I want to upgrade my house. Uh, maybe I want a bigger house. Maybe I want a smaller house. My kids are going to be moving out soon because they're all, you know, high school age. So when they move out, maybe I want to downsize. Well, should I move closer to work? Like I'm going to make, I'm going to build intention around that. Like there's a reason and a purpose why I'm downsizing. Uh, maybe I want to move closer to work so I don't have a, as much of a commute. Maybe I want to downsize because I don't want to spend so much time cleaning my house. Maybe um, I want to move closer to my kids that have moved away for college or, you know, like there's an intent behind it, but then it makes you feel more fulfilled. Like I, I truly, truly believe 
that happiness is something you create or, or, you know, contentment, that's something you create, it doesn't happen. And so once you start living your life with intent, then you can start actually fulfilling yourself so that you feel happy and content in your life. And I hope like that totally made a lot of sense in my head. I hope that made sense when I verbalized it. Okay. (laughs) No, it it does. It does. And, and I want to, I want to just address something real quick. So you, you said, yeah, you talked about, you know, being money driven and in your previous, like flipping, it was very much that not necessarily having an intention behind it. And I do want to clarify something because this is, this has been an interesting, I had a number of interesting conversations just last week about this, which is, you know, when I look at my values, the things that I value um, and how I, how I value the world, the work, the things that I do, I am extremely fiscally driven. Um, like an, on the scale of zero to hundred, according to most of the studies I've done, I'm, I'm between a 95 and a 98 out of hundred. Now with that said, it's not, I, I realized, and I remember thinking to myself, holy shit, like what's wrong with me that that's, that's the most important thing. And I realized it's not that the money is the important thing. It's that I've realized that the money is just the means to other things, to having impact on people, to being able to do a podcast. Um, cause I have the time and the ability to, to be able to, um, you know, donate to the charities and causes that I care about, um, to be able to, you know, like right now, We just finished a website for uh, somebody else that we know, JP, who's helping kids understand more about what they do in life and where they're at and decisions and opportunities, right? So being able to afford to do those things. Um, And so for, I wanted to say that because it's, it's, it's been a deeper realization of mine. It's like, Hey, money's, it's fine, but there's a meaning behind the money. Just like for you, you said, Hey, I'm I'm living life more intentionally. There's a meaning behind living. Um, We just got to dive deeper into what that really is. So anyways, small small tangent. Okay. So I just, um, b- before you go on, Bob, I just want to yeah. comment on that. Absolutely. You know, listen, money, real estate is a means to your passion. hundred percent. Like that is not the end game for people. It's not, it's always right. a vehicle to your passion. And so what I will say is this for those people like yourself that are driven by money, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you a little bit there and say, it's not really the money and what it brings you, but it's just that true. You, there's the, and I've looked at this really deep. So this is kind of, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. Um, But my assessment of it, after really looking at this and studying this and analyzing this, it's the sense of accomplishment because you feel like once you've gotten to that level, you've accomplished, you know, maybe better than most people, or you've met that goal that you set for your, it's not actually the money. It's the sense of accomplishment that is behind it. Would you say that's true in your case? Uh, I would say in many cases, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or, or it's the the what the money enabled you to do and the accomplishment of that thing specifically. Right. right. So the rewards you get from being able exactly. to go out and buy that car or live in LA instead of Buffalo. <laughs> well, in in Austin now, so I've I've, di- I've ditched LA, but uh, you know. oh, you have. Okay, we, obviously we didn't catch up in a little while because you didn't know about yeah, my multifamily. It's, it's, and I didn't a, know it's, it's, a, it's a it's a recent change. It's a recent change, okay. but but a fun That's one. A and and look, uh, you talk about living life with intention. So um, this is actually this is a perfect a perfect thing. So I left. Uh, I sold most everything that I owned in February of 2020, just before pandemic. Um, and I had this like small trip planned. It was going to do this whole thing. It's all great. 
And then obviously COVID happened and, you know, everything changed overnight. Um, but then at some point I realized maybe I don't want to go back to LA. Like I was just going to go back because that's where I was. It's where I'd been for 10 years. Like that's, you know, it was just, it was, as you say, living life on default. It was just the mode that I was in. And so then I said to myself, okay, well, if I don't want to go back there, where do I want to go? What's important to me about where I go? Why would I want to go there? And then with, with the framework of about four or five things that I felt I cared the most about, I spent a lot of the next 14 months traveling the country, um, literally uh, either flew or drove through 275 cities during COVID, which is crazy to think about, um, but was very intentional about this. And I remember coming here to Austin. Um, I was here for like a week and I was like, man, I'm, I'm feeling the vibe, the energy. And then I came back for two months and I was like, nope, this is where I want to stay. And so it's been a more recent change, but very intentional, right? Like not just intentional because I liked it here and I felt the vibe, my energy, but intentional in the fact that there's no state income tax, intentional in the fact that I grew up in Buffalo and I don't want to be somewhere cold because F that, I'm done with it. I'm done with that. Um, you know, so I think to your, to your point, having that intention is, and, and by the way, it's not just like, okay, I made this crazy change in life. It's also been impacting everything about me. I feel more energized. I feel more like uh, accomplished, even in the smallest little thing. Like I do a workout. Well, I could have done a workout anywhere, but for some reason it just feels better here uh, because there was intent behind me coming here versus just finding myself someplace and being like, well, you know, this is, this is where I am because either that's where I always was or that's where somebody else took me to and then I stayed or anything of that nature. So. So a couple of things real quick, I just want to comment on that. Number one, when you went to LA, that was also very intentional. And I think what happens is people, I think what happens is people, they'll do something and it's intentional and then they get stuck there. They think they can't change it again. Like mm -hmm. anything can change. Like your life will change. Your environment will change. Your wants, your needs will change. And it's okay to pivot. It doesn't mean you failed. And it doesn't mean you made the wrong decision initially when you moved to LA. That's what served you then. And so Absolutely. I just want to highlight for people just because that worked for you doesn't mean back then, and that's a decision you made back then, doesn't mean you have to live with that for the rest of your life. I think people, it's like a career. People say, okay, I want to do this. You start it, you love it. You're an accountant, you're doing that, you know, five years in, you're like, oh my God, I'm so done with numbers, but this is what I chose. And then they put, they put their head down and then they grind through. You don't have to, it served its purpose. And so I just, you know, for your for your audience, I just want to say, like, don't hang on to things that you should let go of. And just because it made sense in the past doesn't mean it makes sense for your future. So, you know, that's that's number one. And the other thing that I wanted to mention, too, is that um, um, uh, it left me. Oh, yeah. So uh, the other thing was that you mentioned, you said you sold everything. And I think what happens, again, the same concept where people have an image and they think they have to do all of this, then all of a sudden it's like, well, I can't sell that. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm building a portfolio. And if you, you know, it, it could feel like you failed. It could feel like you're going backwards. It could feel like it's the wrong decision because now you're going back, say, on your word or your goal or whatever um, by selling everything or maybe part one or two properties, maybe because you know, maybe come on hard times, or maybe you want to travel and take a year off. You want to sell a property. Like there's nothing set in stone and it is quite okay to sell everything off and reallocate your funds where they need to be. Maybe you want to sell everything off in LA and reallocate them to the Midwest and do a higher cash flowing property instead of a high equity property. Like, so there's all kinds of different things you can do, but I think what happens is that people get married 
to the mm -hmm. decisions they've made in the past and they have a hard time letting that go. It doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean you're taking a step back. It means you're pivoting. And so you could just change how you're processing your actions in your mind instead of a negative and make it a positive. You're pivoting, you're making a change. You're making room so that you can have more growth in the future. Like there's all kinds of reasons why you would do that, that are positive reasons that make sense. Uh, I went through a, a process where I was selling property and I really struggled with that. And that's why like maybe I'm a little bit passionate about it, but that's because I've also experienced that. Like I felt like it felt like I was taking a step back by selling a property. And I'm like, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm just reallocating it to another market because it makes more sense. But for some reason, it was a really hard, hard process for me mentally to go through that. So, I mean, well, I, I think a lot of people get stuck like they, you know, you know, mm -hmm. you work so hard to achieve this thing. Uh, you know, like that you, even if you like, especially, and most definitely if you had the intention to achieve that thing in the first place, and then all of a sudden you're letting that thing go. And even though you, you're, you're being compensated for or whatever, or, you know, it could be a, a, a visceral compensation. Like I sold a lot of my physical stuff too. Like the only things that I still own um, are like books, board games, like a desk and a computer and a bookshelf for my books. And that's like about, about it. Right. Like, um, but, you know, and there's, there's, there's this mentality of, you know, you work so hard to get these things, these properties, this status, this house, this whatever, that all of a sudden when you, you know, you go to lose it and I don't say lose it necessarily like you're physically like, but sell it, you know, part with it, whatever you're going to do with it. It can be very, uh, it can be a huge struggle because you're looking at it going, man, I worked so hard for that thing. And now I'm just like getting rid of it. And, and like our brains don't let us for whatever reason. Mm -hmm understand without actively working on it like hey this is a good thing it's okay you can do this you got it <laughs> mm -hmm. so so again it comes back to like i just want to say there's there's fomo everybody hangs on to fomo like there's a fear of missing out if i let that go well then the equity might go up and i might miss out on that but um if you call it jomo instead of fomo you're thinking positive instead you're choosing to think positive instead instead of negative and so jomo is the joy of missing out instead of fomo which is the fear of missing out and so when you find yourself thinking a negative find a way to flip it into a positive so jomo means i'm selling that property that's awesome because i'm going to have some cash available so that i can go into a multi maybe i'm selling a single family residential sure maybe it's cash flowing so the FOMO is I'm going to miss out on the cash flow and the appreciation on that property. But the JOMO is now I'm going to have the ability to go and buy a fourplex, a sixplex, because I'm going to have a larger down payment. I'm going to be able to qualify on a larger, which is going to be, by the way, more income. So like, it's just in how you process things, right? Mm -hmm. So now I, JOMO for me was huge. Like now I think JOMO for everything. So when I'm <laughs> not wanting to do something, I'm like, yeah, JOMO, JOMO everything, like purging my closet. I'm like, woohoo, like I'm getting rid of all these pants. Now I'm going to have to go and get more new pants, you know? And so like, now I've got new clothes that's going to make me feel better. So it's like, yeah. So I, I mean, what, I what's that, what's that show on Netflix? It's the, with, with the sparking joy. Uh, what's her name? Marie Kondo, right? She's you're, you're sparking joy in every moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, so is that her name, I think it is. I, I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you, you, it is, it is scientifically impossible for you to have a positive thought and a negative thought in the same moment. The choice is yours. What is it going to be? Perfect. And so I, I really hang on to that, but I'm going to, I really want to talk about this because this changed my life. This was the starting point of changing my life to come back to where we started before we squirreled 
And by the way, my spirit animal is a squirrel. Uh, my assistant <laughs> gave me that. Um, so yeah, so the um, networking, I really, again, Jomo, I Jomoed out the people that were in my life that were negative. And now I had room to bring people in my life that I wanted to be around that were encouraging, that were supportive, that understood my language, that communicated the way I did, instead of living my life by default, which was friends and family that just naturally occurred um, and just settling for that, I purged that and by design selected who my inner circle is. And so that changed my life. Darren Jacqueline, awesome guy. Um, he, he is, I mean, you can look him up, he is a guy that I look up to and um, I've, I've seen him many times. He's been on my podcast and he said to me, you got to shake the hands of the people you want to become. And that's mm. now what I do. And so, you know, if there's, if, if you want to be a real estate investor, hang out with real estate investors, you know, and ignore all the negative self-talk that's going to show up, just be there and be present. And that's the starting point. And then just keep moving forward from there. Right. So my network was really impactful for me by changing my network, because when you surround, I just said, I just came off of a mastermind in Montreal over the weekend, Bob. And, um, and at that mastermind, we had to get up and introduce ourselves and everything. And, and, and I said, you know, I am, oh, and one of the things we needed to say is what are we grateful for? And the thing that I said is I'm grateful for the people that are around me. I'm grateful for that because I can't fail. And I firmly believe I can't fail because the people around me won't let me. That's and good. It, and that was, and that was by design. So, you know, at, at the end of the And was, the was the there day, something, was this a conscious choice that you realized at some point you needed to make or, or did it just sort of happen by, you know, like inch by inch as you were getting yourself out there? Yeah, no, it, um, it first started to happen because I was, I had a life event happen in my life. I wasn't happy. We all go through this. We, we have ebbs and flows in our lives. And I was in a, you know, in a low in my life and I wasn't happy. And the, I was feeling lonely because the people that were around me that were supposed to love me or that I felt that should love me and support me, I felt weren't there. And so mm -hmm. that really gave me pause to examine like, why, why are they there? Why do they need to be there? Why do I feel an obligation and a loyalty to these people that it's not a two-way street? This is not a win-win. This is not serving each other. This is not supporting and loving each other. And so um, hardest decision in my life is to let go some of the, like my best friend of 24 years, 24 years. That was really hard. Um, my mother, I mean, I'm talking about really, really close people. Right. Um, and, and my life partner, you know, at the time. And so I, that, that was my whole life. And there was others, but I legitimately have reinvented my inner circle. And that was by design. And I can honestly say like, I'm in a better mental space. I am much happier. I, I, you know, there's a joy in waking up in the morning that I didn't experience for a very, very long time. And so, um, you know, and that, that was, 
it was really hard to do. But I'll tell you what, for those of you that are out there that are considering, you know, and trying to like, trying to process this and make sense of this, here's what I'm going to say. I let go of those relationships because I loved them. Because if I was to try to continue to try to make it work, already those relationships were strained because it wasn't, it wasn't working. So we would be, you know, sort of, we'd be good on the surface and yeah, okay, we can go out for dinner and this and that. But then like, have you ever been hanging out with people and then by the end of dinner, you just can't wait to go home, Mm -hmm. but that's your best friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like how how is that like I can't no I in small doses I can only take why are we doing that and what makes you think that they're not experiencing something similar and so because I love them I let them go and now I can have I can have a relationship where I don't feel that pressure with my mom like don't I went a, I went a number of years without talking to her but now we have a semblance of something that we're both okay with right. and there's no tense like stress there's no you know there's no awkwardness like I I can't explain it but if there's somebody in your life that it's not a two-way joy then that's probably somebody in your life that you need to limit your time I'm not saying you got to cut everybody out but you know I and and also by the way the other the other component to this is I have like funnels of of people in my life you have your school friends I don't talk real estate with my school friends My family, I don't try to pull them into what I'm doing and say, look, why don't you do this? You're going to be so much better off financially. Let me help you with that. I went through that. It doesn't work. (laughs) It does not work. I've been there, done that too. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there, done that. Well, because we're doing so well, we want everybody, we just want everybody to jump on our train because we're so happy on this train that we just want to onboard everybody on this train. They have their own train. Let them ride their own train. And so that was really hard for me to just let that go and, and accept that and say, you know what, it's okay. They, they, they have the right to decide for themselves with it, what works for them in their own lives. And if they want my support or they want to make a pivot in their life and they see that I'm doing something and they want to move into the direction of what I'm doing, they'll, they'll reach out. They know I'm here. So, so yeah, so I kind of have everybody in funnels and, you know, my school friends are here and my mom friends are here and, you know, my my, you know, like my, my real estate friends are here and my business friends are here. Like even my business friends, my real estate friends are different. Like it's because there's different, the mindset is different. And so, um, yeah, you just got to know, you know, why this person is in your life and what's the the purpose, what are you serving each other for? And then stay in your lane. Um, and then again, coming back to intentions, being intentional about the people that you're choosing to surround yourself with. Very, very intentional. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Well, this has been a fast, I, I feel like we could probably talk for another couple hours, but uh, we'll uh, only, only have only have this time now. So maybe we'll have to have you back on for another episode later and we, we can dive into some more of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk to you about today, but appreciate having you on so much. Uh, if people want to check out, you know, your social profiles or follow you or connect with you, where can they do that? Yeah. So I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Danny sorry, Danielle Chase on fan page. And for Instagram, it's uh, at Danny Chase on is D-A-N-I and Chase on is spelled C-H-I-A-S-S-O-N. Um, so yeah, so just go there, DM me, um, anything I can help you with. And, um, you know, if you want to get on a call, I'll send you a, a booking link and you can see my online calendar and I'd be happy to help anybody who wants to talk a little bit further, who's struggling with this. Honestly, this is me giving back 
Um, I had Bob along the way and there were many Bobs along the way. And uh, I just, I honestly just want to give back. I totally understand. And by the way, I, I appreciate your friendship and everything, everything that we've been through more, more, uh, no one, no one listening to this will truly understand. But uh, when you have that right person mm-hmm. in your life, it makes a huge difference. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Awesome. Awesome. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in, listening. As always, one simple payment for this episode is to share it with someone that you know, that you care about, that uh, intentionally you've chosen to push push it out there and help them. Uh, if you think this can help them, we'd appreciate you doing that because guess what? This show is only as good as the people who listen to it and share it because at the end of the day, you know, I can have these great conversations and most of these people are awesome and I've known for a long time and some of them I get to learn about. But at the end of the day, it's you know, the, the more you share it, the more people that we impact. And that's uh, both for both Danielle and myself, uh, a big reason of why we do what we do is to create that impact and help people. So appreciate all of you. And then as, as always, if you loved this episode, please jump on to wherever you're listening or watching, leave a five-star review. Let me know what's going on. And, um, uh, tell me what you think about the show, um, whether it be good or bad, even if it's bad. I'd I love, love to know how we can improve it because at the end of the day, I'm making this for every one of you listening, not just for myself. So thanks for being on, Danielle. Truly appreciate it. And we'll see all of you guys again next week on another great episode. Have a good day, everybody. Bye for now. This podcast is sponsored by 3 Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, 3 Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number three, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now.